Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you shut Who is up, man? Listen? Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Lise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And the Betches Sup Podcast is your daily rundown of all the craziest shit going on in the news brought to you by your three funniest, well-informed friends. Which is us. Which is us. It's us. It's us. Happy first day of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. This Hanukkah, we celebrate the $1,200 that miraculously lasted the beleaguered American people 258 days. It's a Hanukkah miracle. Because <laughs> we all still have that, right? Yeah, I've, I've really been meeting it out. Yeah. yeah. No, I absolutely somehow managed to make that work for extra. Yeah. <laughs> so grateful. I didn't use it for rent or food. I'm just keeping it in my pocket. Someone on NPR today was like, they were talking about what we're, we will get into, but like negotiations about stuff. And they were like, you know, most people put that $1,200 into their checking account where it remains to this day. And I'm like, is it, is that where it remains? No. To Nobody this day? who qualified for the $1,200 didn't need it. Like yes. the salary cap was like 70 K or something, which yeah. the New York is like, that's everything you need to just exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, while I was, was contemplating the world and everything uh, <laughs> with my heating blanket. <laughs> this was a pre-recording um, discussion. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I was reading an article about uh, how shoplifting has like increased dramatically for like basic staples and I was just like, wow. And the and the, for some inexplicable reason, most of the article is written from the retail point of view. Oh. Um, but there, there are definitely anecdotes of people who are like, I'm desperate. And also my I had to put all my money towards rent and rent payments. So I had nothing left for food. I was like, ah, oh, look at this. Look at this yeah. great country we live in. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely we working. Oh, man. Great. Anyone, do you guys watch Chopped ever? Yes. Sometimes. So they did a pandemic season of Chopped and they kept saying the whole time that like the final winner is going to win $25,000. They said it constantly. And every contestant would talk about stories from the pandemic that were really like sad and hard to hear and just how much they needed this money. They were repeating it so much so that Mike and I were like, oh, they're going to give them all 25K for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They didn't. (laughs) They made them all win their own chop shows and then go to a finale where only one of them won. We could not believe it. Right, the only way it's appropriate to keep rubbing this in their face is if they all get it. the guy's like, I gotta keep my mom in her house, my restaurant's gonna close. It was unbelievable. Cause usually they'll be like, and for the other people, we're giving you ten thousand dollars. Like something something. Else. Something. Yeah. They literally like had the money on the judge's table. It was insane. 
for for the charity ones too that are done by like celebrities and other groups they never are like your charity gets nothing those children are just gonna die now with none of our money yeah and this is even think about like a charity situation they're all charity now like like but i think about this all the time when like the great british bake-off where like which is called you know a breaking show here in the united states Mm -hmm. because i get it right but (laughs) but they don't there's no money like these people are just like breaking down and like baking gorgeous, <laughs> incredible things and like I think they win own equipment and they they don't there's no there's no money they get, they get a, a small stipend to help mm-hmm. them bake but they've said before in interviews that it is not nearly enough to actually pay for all of the baking supplies they need and they're they not compensated for the time plate. yeah I was gonna say I was like they I think they get a cake plate like if you win you get a plate <laughs> and you sell it on eBay I guess yes. I oh. mean, in America, that would never work. This is why. <laughs> this is why you couldn't recreate. Like, no. oh, British Anna, just like making some amazing, like, yeah. that would not happen here. We'd be like, okay, but where's my money? Right. But here, where's my money? Right. And I will stab someone for it. <laughs> right. You're mistaken. In America, everybody gets the trophy, and then one person gets a bigger prize. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of prizes, wanted to mention on the podcast, we have a secret code for podcast listeners and newsletter subscribers for our sup shop. If you order uh, basically before the weekend, you're probably going to get your stuff by Christmas. The code is by Don, B-Y-E-D-O-N. Put that into the sup shop and you'll get 20% off everything if you order it before Sunday. A lot of good Christmas gifts in there. There are a lot of good Christmas gifts, and we're adding more. We all have the the hoodies, which are super cozy. Mm-hmm. I had to refresh all my hoodies because yes. they were all stained. And- or, <laughs> or Hanukkah gifts since, exactly. since we're also – it's the first day of Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you should obviously get 10 hoodies or eight <laughs> hoodies. <laughs> ten. <laughs> Famously eight. <laughs> You're the Jewish one. You know, every time I get to a mic, I'm like, well, I'm Jewish, and there's 10 days of Hanukkah. <laughs> Okay, let's get into the news. There's no way to transition into this news. Um, Yesterday, the U.S. reported a record high of more than 3,100 new COVID-19 deaths. That's among the deadliest days in American history ever of Americans who died. It's 500 more people that died on September 11th, 2001. And we went to war for a decade over that. We're still engaged in conflicts over that. But we're still refusing to pay Americans to stay at home long enough to stop this wave of unimaginable death. That's something I've been thinking about a lot is like, just because we're not all soldiers and you don't have to pay for our ammunition doesn't mean we're not like a part of this fight and we're facing this wave of, I don't know, it's just really hard to feel patriotic lately. Yeah, I mean, it's just really crazy to think about how easy it is to raise up money to go and fight an armed conflict. And yet when we need it to like keep money or keep like food in people's mouths and to keep people working and to keep like families above the poverty line, there's nothing there's nothing left for anyone, apparently. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it is unimaginable the level of like grief that is just permanently baked into our society now like this is a fundamental inflection point where like it doesn't matter how well we recover from this to some degree because we're all going to know someone who lost someone we're all going or have lost ourselves we're all going to be 
talking about and, and impacted by the lack of response from this government. I mean, we're like, and not, not just lack of response, but the lack of foresight or forethinking at all. Like the whole point to isolating the virus and keeping us all home is not just to stop economic activity, I guess, which is what some people think it is, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Like it is to isolate the virus so we can find out where it is, so we can trace it even better. That way people who do not have it can interact in society close to normal as possible with contact tracing. So like in South Korea, for example, you whenever you go to a place, you just need to you need to tell them all the stuff. You need to tell them like your name, where you live, like and your address. It all gets filed away. And if there's anything that like if, if there's an, a breakout or someone had it in that shop or that restaurant, they send you an alert that says like listen, everyone, the alert being like this is the address where it happened. And then you're like, oh, and if you go and you report it, then you get free covid support and like that's what how did we not be able to do we are much richer than south korea (laughs) it's not complicated it's i mean they have samsung we have apple like what what, how (laughs) how is it it's not like a tech thing it's not a understanding we have nasa like how (laughs) can we make it to space and we cannot take care of people in this country it is infuriating infuriating yeah i i I can't like summon a reason it's it makes me think that like even if we did get to the point of of that degree of contact tracing you would still get people that refuse to participate and it's like oh i won't give you my address meanwhile i say you know loungewear and suddenly my instagram is filled filled with loungewear (laughs) like everything's like the jig is up Everyone yeah. knows where you are all the time. So let's, let's, I mean, but like you said, we have no actual process for containing the virus. So we're still dealing with the economic fallout because we still have to isolate and the economy, these places have not been given the opportunity to reopen because we haven't, we haven't addressed this crisis. Yeah. So, we're just in a prolonged state of limbo with everything. Like we're just like, we're basically straddling the line. And because of that, like nothing is changing and nothing's getting done. And like, we're not making the choice to stay home or to do the things that would need to happen for us to be open. So. Right. Yeah. And People major shout dying. out by the way to healthcare workers who yes. are not a renewable resource. I just we should just be very clear that when we see these massively high numbers of people being hospitalized and in ICUs, that is a humongous weight of of just physical and mental labor on people who have not stopped this entire time. They just are there to watch people die alone every day. Thousands of people any one of us would break down under situations like that. And the people who volunteer to take that kind of pain on in our society are running at empty and are in danger of dying every day themselves. Mm -hmm. What is wrong with us that we cannot collectively say we should protect these people, like our doctors, our nurses, our orderlies, our hospital staffs from having to do this? Yeah. I just, I, mm. and yet, Congress, right? Yeah. Congress. It's, it's sickening. Not I know. And it's like they're going to vote a time person of the year. They like announced their la- like top four. And one of them is just frontline healthcare workers like in general. And I'm like, so we're going to give them person of the year. But like right. we're not going to give them any help 
<laughs> right. <laughs> It's, it's also, brutal. I will say that it is frontline healthcare workers and Fauci as one unit. And I'm like, it is? yeah. And I'm like, I think that you need to either pick cop frontline out. healthcare workers or Fauci. I mean, bless Fauci. He's working hard, but like, it's not really yeah. those. He's not bringing people to the hospital. In also, ambulance. he already counts. I feel <laughs> he is person in- of the year. <laughs> he, if we were, if we're picking an actual person. Yeah, it's him. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So let's check in on the state of COVID relief negotiations. This really changes every day, but today is frankly, the last day they can figure it out, it seems. And we're seeing individual politicians get a bit more animated about it and see what's really going on with these negotiations. There are still big sticking points over direct payments and corporate liability. I say those things like they're this, they have equal weight and are equally valuable. They are not. We'll get into that in a second. The existing $900 billion bill out of Congress the bipartisan bill, it didn't have any direct payments at all. Boo. So yesterday, yeah, boo, forget about it. <laughs> so Trump was like, how about 600 bucks? You all want 600 bucks? Um, and Bernie Sanders said, no, they don't want 600 bucks. I'm not going to vote for anything less than 1200 Meanwhile, an additional holdup is the issue of corporate liability protections. This is crazy to me because I could have sworn you're not allowed to like wantonly let your employees die. Is that Was that not already a thing? <laughs> Uh, you'd have to check with uh, tw- uh, 19th century robber barons, but I believe in fact you can feed employees into the machinery. And uh, yeah. no, just- I'll tweet at them <laughs> and ask. So Mitch McConnell in particular has refused to take seriously any legislation that doesn't essentially let businesses off the hook for illness or death that could be caused by some unsafe work conditions in the pandemic. This is not a theoretical. We've known for months that unsafe conditions at uh, specifically meatpacking plants have resulted yeah. in unbelievable amounts of death and have caused in in that area of the country insane breakouts. Even as other Senate Republicans have softened on this throughout the week, you might have seen it. Representative Katie Porter had a couple viral Twitter threads for tearing into McConnell and just noting that what he is promoting basically enables the worst example of disregard for human life. So everything, you know, we were just saying, um, not even is he, she's not even talking about them failing to include more assistance for Americans. Like he's actively trying to hurt Americans. It's, I mean, it's, it's specifically designed so that workers who work in like a factory or whatever, like, like 
it lets these employers, Amazon, (laughs) keep shit open when they know there's an outbreak and not be responsible for making people come to work when they know it wasn't safe and hiding stuff from their employees. Like all of that, he's just trying to give them a pass to be able to do all of that stuff. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's incredibly exploitative. I mean... I just I'm I've never stopped being stunned, amazed, and and to some degree kind of finding like new layers of despair at like how willing Republicans are to explicitly say they just want people to die. They're hoping their fellow country members will just die. Those people's lives to them are wor- like they are explicitly being like some people are worth living and some people should die. And we're talking about people who like ostensibly vote for us, but it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you vote for Republicans or not. It doesn't matter if like they are just straight up saying like some people don't deserve to live and not like, okay, well, we're in a, a fight about whether or not we're safe. We're like, I'm not talking about like punching Nazis here. Like you can mm-hmm. understand why someone would be like, okay, decision tree flow chart. We got to this place and it looks like you're a Nazi. So we're going to need to like fix that problem or you're going to have to go. Right. We can't, you can understand that flow chart. There's no flow chart. It's like Mindra Connell's like person. Does this, can they contribute as a donor to my campaign? No, die. It's like, there's there's no, no flow chart. This is like straight to, right. There's no like, uh, don't care. Oh, we'll mildly favor. Oh, don't care if they die. No, just whatever. I, they can die. Same true of, Will of not intervene. own colleagues. Like he does he, the whole like not caring about masks and being open to like letting Trump say whatever he wants about trying to steal this election, which he's still doing. Yeah. Actively trying to steal the election. Mm-hmm. He, he, he is there and you're like, this is going to cost Republican office holders possibly their lives. The, the going around all this other stuff. You or you're talking about your own colleagues. You're like, I don't know how much are you're just getting replaced by another Republican, so you can die too. Mm-hmm. Not too worried about it. <laughs> right. They like they keep Susan Collins super safe. They keep like, but the ones that are that are always safe, they keep Tom Tillis safe. But like if yeah. you're like a Republican senator from North Dakota, nobody cares about you. Yeah, I you mean Connell's already got your your uh clone sitting in a vat somewhere. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> just working on that. Yeah. Do we think it's likely we'll see anything happen? I mean, they, the legislative session ends in eight days and these laws just take a really long time to put together. So that's why it looks like it would probably have to happen today. And I saw headlines this morning. We're recording Thursday saying the talks have stalled. So I have long said I have no faith in this process. And um, I just like really don't even feel like we're getting a bill until Biden is inaugurated, to be honest. Or if it's anything, it's like the most garbage. Like what they're already doing, like this bill that Mitch McConnell put forward, like it's not enough by billions and billions right. of dollars. Like it falls short. It's not just that we're not getting the $1,200 payments, which is just rude. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, what? Like, I give the government money all the time. Like, they can give me money. Two times. <laughs> Twice. I'm just yeah. asking for money two times. So it's like it adds insult to injury that they're not doing that. But it falls short by every single measure. And like 
the the cuts that they made to the unemployment payments like it's not livable for people it's i mean yeah giving people three hundred dollars a month is better than giving them nothing but that doesn't make them make rent with yeah i don't think these people have any concept of what it costs to live it's really weird to see them negotiate these numbers and like cut things down by half and like just kind of throw numbers out there about like what's good to give out and it doesn't seem like any of it is tied to actual numbers about what it takes to like live a life in this country like what it takes to feed a family like it just literally seems like now 1200 is the max because that's what the bill was before so -hmm. we can only go up to 1200 we could also take it down by half it makes no sense like it's not based in logic it's just these people throwing out numbers and not realizing that like these things that they're throwing around are the difference between like people feeding their family and not Right, right. And yeah, I mean, these numbers are so big that they're hard to conceptualize, but a billion dollars is also an, an insane amount of money. So when you're just cutting things down by one billion, it has like a, it has a huge impact. And, and like you said, there, yeah, there's no, there's no connection between what they're offering. I don't, it's like they're haggling at a flea market. Yeah. It's just like, what, how about this? It's like, there's nothing, it's not attached to the value of anything at all. It's just, no, I don't really hear anybody throwing. Numbers. I mean, Bernie Sanders did a little bit, but I don't really hear anybody talking about like what it means when you take that $1,200 payment down to $600. What does it mean for a family when they go from getting 600 a week to 300? Like what, what does that change for that family? And I just feel like I'm like, is anybody looking at that? Is anybody thinking about that? Cause they're not talking about it. Yeah, it's it's nightmarish in every way, the lack of consideration, the lack of foresight. But more than that, I guess it just comes down to the fact that the, who is trying to fix the problem? It doesn't feel like they're trying to fix the problem. It kind of feels like they're trying to, like, make us believe that they care about the problem, which is not the same thing as just yes. fixing the problem, which I would far prefer over telling me that they do care about me. There's a lot of performative we care about you now in government from Democrats, especially where it's like, oh, let's let's do this. It's like I get that like the policies that would actually fix a problem are like huge and very unwieldy and need some convincing for all of us to get behind. But like that's your job. So figure out some way of explaining why this fixes the fucking problem. Like just. Just do that and then we'll work from there. But then explain that Republicans do not want to solve the problem. They don't want to solve the problem. They want your problems to get worse. They would like you to stop being their problem, which is how they see fixing any of our problems. And now they're going to let it all die. Yeah. They're actively killing hundreds of like more people have died than in combat in the Civil War. That is insane. We are halfway to civil war numbers now, if you include the traitors. People do <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. But we're very close to the amount of Americans that died during the civil war dying now. That is no bueno. <laughs> no. And I'm sure it- people who call themselves members of the Confederacy have also passed away from the pandemic. <laughs> Um, it also like it really does feel when I'm watching these negotiations it feels like both sides are arguing over how little people will accept and still be like and still keep quiet and like Republicans think will accept almost nothing and Democrats think will accept slightly more but it doesn't feel like anybody's actually fighting for what is deserved or what would actually be helpful it's just like 
they have slightly different ideas about how little they can give us without us losing our fucking shit. Right, right. That's such a good point, Elise, because it feels like $1,200 is the ceiling, even though that's ridiculous too. In Europe, they're paying people all of their wages. And it it month, yeah, or $2,000 in some countries every month. We're so much richer. So much richer. (laughs) How rich this country is. It is the richest country that's ever existed. I never understood. I mean, hoarding wealth, I've never understood. We have like GDP, like like Liechtenstein is taking better care of its citizens and we're like 80 times our GDP. Like what is happening here? It's like, that's the thing is when I see this stuff and they're like, oh, well, we have to cut this to make the bill this. I'm like, no, you don't. You, you, you simply don't. You could pay us all $1,200. You could pay us more. But let's, if I accept your ceiling of $1,200, you could pay us all $1,200. You could restore unemployment to the full $600 a week. That's not a problem. It can be done. And I don't buy anybody telling me otherwise. Anyone who's telling yeah, also, saying otherwise is bullshitting. Also, American debt is like super cheap right now. I need to express again that with Biden coming in, treasuries are probably going to stabilize. I know this is super boring financial talk, but it doesn't be clear. We can debt finance this fucker forever, okay? Like, there's <laughs> yes. not a problem. We just put the entire thing on the big national credit card, which is what actually debt is there for. Like, national yeah. debt is there for, like, oh, did some shit happen to the country? Well, good news. We can just sell some fucking debt and pay for it now and then worry about it. When hey, we're that's such, that's such a good point. That's what it's there for. <laughs> literally the purpose of I don't know I don't think this pandemic that has killed more Americans than any other event in American history is really I don't know if it rises to the level of a crisis yeah (laughs) right it's like what more has to happen before we like actually mobilize the power of this government Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So on the topic of how much money we have and how we choose to spend it, let's talk a little bit about the Defense Department. I wanted to talk a bit about Biden's cabinet and the appointment of General Lloyd Austin. Elise and I talked about this on Tuesday on the show with Millie. um, And we mentioned that with this comes some questions about civilian control of the military. 
Austin ended his 41-year career in the military in 2016, and federal law requires anyone who served in the military to have been out of uniform for at least seven years before they can be eligible to run. But Congress has issued waivers for this law twice, once in 1950 when they confirmed George Marshall and James Mattis, President Trump's first pick in 2017. So Biden's asking them to do the same. I'm going to read a quote he wrote in The Atlantic when he announced this pick. Biden wrote, there's a good reason for this law that I fully understand and respect. I would not be asking for this exception if I did not believe that this moment in our history didn't call for it. So this is happening in the background of, I guess, pressure on Biden to diversify the cabinet, but it sure looks like he chose a really complicated route to do that when there were probably better ones. What do you, what, what's going on here? I mean... I've always, my, my reticence around Joe Biden has never, ever, ever been about whether or not he's a decent human being who cares about government, which thank God that's now the standard that we have to hold people to. Mm -hmm. But um, the issue I've always had is process. And one of the things I haven't enjoyed is watching how he has has already started allocating like vision and power inside his administration when like again as said there are less complicated ways to do this it forces people to choose between like the well for me as a black person it forces me to choose between racial solidarity and uh principles of civilian control of the military which are two very very dicey things but like civilian control of the military is one of our most essential like it it cannot be established more like civilian control of the military is one of the most essential things about this country and how it's how it maintains any kind of check or balance i mean we have not had a military coup despite a civil war, despite like we, we've broken down multiple times and been a major threat, like been threatened seriously multiple times. And not once have we had our military decide that it was going to take over that space. There's a reason for that. And that comes from making sure that there's a clean line that civilians are always the people who make decisions about what military strength and power and deployment looks like in this government. That doesn't mean that they're always right. Cause that's crazy. Like Donald Rumsfeld exists. Like, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to defend like every person who's held defense secretary post, but it's a problem that like he, he pitted these things against each other when they don't have to be this way. And for those of us who care about diversity, he's put us in a position of saying, well, can you find someone else? And it's like, well, it's going to be a white guy now. And it's like, okay, well, you made this the decision. We didn't have to do this. And you don't need a person who was career military. So they have no other experience other than military to leave the Pentagon, which is already way too big for its freaking britches, man. Like, yes, <laughs> that's where all the money goes. Yeah, it really like this entire um this entire like issue uh, kind of just signals to me something that I think we're going to see a ton in the next four years, which is just like, do we break the rules that Donald Trump broke? Which norms that he like slashed? Do we repair? Which don't we? And I just feel like coming off of and still working through a legitimate coup attempt that is actively happening right now. 
I feel like civilian control of the military is not one of the things that we want to be like, let's just keep fudging the edges on this one. It's so funny because I'm I'm watching you, Elise, say this very measured thing that is so terrifying, but it's so clear. It's like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I can't help but wonder <laughs> during an active coup attempt that maybe it's like we have to soften these things are so it's insane we're even having this conversation i'm just like i just feel like we're having a coup right now (laughs) (laughs) and for that reason it makes me a little nervous that one day there could be one in the future (laughs) right yeah it just seems so like you were saying so unnecessary because there are plenty of people to choose from for a variety of roles. And it just seems like annoying to have this question attached to the person you did choose when obviously that question doesn't have anything to do with race, but it just didn't need to, it just didn't need to be that way. Yeah. Also, and I haven't read the whole piece where he like wrote this out in the Atlantics, but in that quote where he's like, I think Austin is necessary. Like his appointment is necessary for this moment. I'm kind of like, why? Mm -hmm. Like what actually, I I don't really understand if it was, if it was a situation where like it was one of the public health positions and he was like, I want to appoint someone who has done this job before it would be a little bit different. Or if we were in a war, I don't know. But like, I don't actually understand why he needs to pick this man for this job right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it really comes down to. And if you're going to play with, with concepts that big and he's done it on other issues too, right? He's going to choose. This is very small and very bizarre. Tom Vilsack over Marsha, Marsha Fudge, who's a black woman for department of agriculture, which has apparently significantly more power than any people who are super urban based to remember realize <laughs> and he's going to choose he's in fights right now with his people basically slamming a, a rep deb holland in um the media to i guess the same way that he allowed people to do it for kamala harris when he was picking her for department of interior she would be the first native secretary ever in the country's history but interior has she has tons of native support and those are like literally the lands that have been stolen from native peoples. It yeah. feels like the right pick, but why is this, mm-hmm. why is this sniping happening in public? And why is Biden arguing for things that like, why do, yeah. why are we having these arguments right now with you? He's offering no vision and fine. yeah. Right. He just, he just, just keeps, gets- <laughs> right. He just why keeps making these announcements. Man? Yeah. And there's no vision you know, another historic pick, this will happen. And there's the most diversity right now looks to be in positions that are super cool, but not necessarily policy-based. And I'm just not, they asked, um, Politico asked AOC about this yesterday in their newsletter this morning. And and she said the same thing. Like, I just, I'm looking forward to hearing or seeing more of what the vision is because I'm not seeing how all of these parts come together to fulfill the thing we all decided we wanted to do. And maybe that's to come, but yeah, I'm not like, He's not offering much, um, much of a peek behind the curtain. And also it's like the curtain's open. It's, it's a month away. What are we doing? 
Yeah, I um, it honestly keeps reminding me of um, there was an Emmys opening a while, like a while, a while back. And it was like one of these Emmys where like they had become nominally more diverse. And I think the SNL writers were like writing the opening and they did this whole song and dance. I think it was called like We Fixed It about the problem of diversity. It was very funny. It was very sarcastic. And at one point they in they like call out for this group of dancers to come out and they're like and now the one of everything dancers yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of how i'm feeling sometimes about biden's pick is that he's just trying to be like and now the one of everything dancers and i'm like but why what's happening <laughs> yeah. yeah right especially with this defense one i mean it's he had floated out there that michelle flournoy was the front runner who was a woman and then people were like mm, no and he was like okay well now, what, what other what other options do I have? Yeah, what other first can I like take off? Which is like obviously I want that. Like I, I don't know, want yeah. there to not be a diverse cabinet, and I don't like. I'm like in a way I'm like no I'm glad that the one of everything dancers are here, but I do want to see like a bigger vision. White dude, septuagenarian, picking the people of color who are gonna in theory be instruments of power in his administration. Right. It, it's working out about yeah i mean my <laughs> where are my standards <laughs> you know like not great was yeah. don't you hate donald trump right focus yeah. much on republicans or down ballot and predictable reaction there yeah so, disappointed but not surprised that could yes. be another name for this podcast yeah. <laughs> just like yes. every day like every day <laughs> every yeah. day disappointed but not surprised every day that's our show for today. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. 